Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow joining you for the first official podcast of the preseason as we are recording on the night of Monday, September 26th. It's about 9.30 and we're both ignoring the Cowboys game. How are you, Josh? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, Kirk, just for fun, Kirk uh, messaged me and was like, hey, do you want to do this at halftime? Like, I'm trying to work around the game. And I was like, dude, I'm dead. In, I'm a dead inside Cowboys fan. We, we can record this whenever. Whatever yeah. you want. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we had, you know, we had a really, um, we had a really uh, kind of, the way our site works, like, we're all kind of like adults that have day jobs and we cannot go to media day. And so the few yeah. people that do go to media day, you know, I, I bet like, like Nick Engstad of, of Locked on Mavs, he's full-time locked on. His co-host, Isaac, I don't think does best, like, I think Isaac has a day job. So it's like, he's probably taken off work to go to this. And I was like, I just can't, I can't do this. I can't go to, you know, media day. And so like, we rely on like these other people to sort of do the grunt work <laughs> for us. Yeah. And I missed just a whole bunch. So I've been kind of catching up since about three or four o'clock. Seems like it was a, I don't know, kind of a, not like a boring media day, but there was a few surprises, but it was mostly, it seemed like it was mostly like, just kind of business as usual and guys seem to be sort of like ready to get back and playing basketball. What were, what were the things that really um, that jumped out to you from what we've been looking at over the past few hours? Yeah, I guess, like you said, it was a pretty uneventful overall media day, which is, you know, that's kind of, I prefer that. Yeah. Yeah. And there, you know, I think the big thing we talked about in the pre-show, I mean, it has to be probably the Christian Wood, Coming off the bench, starting thing, you know, Jason Kidd actually confirmed it after, you know, we kind of got Tim Cato reported in The Athletic that they were leaning towards bringing him off the bench and everyone was kind of like, hmm, okay. And then Kidd just flat out was like, yes, this is what's happening. So uh, that was kind of interesting. And then, you know, of course, Christian Wood got to talk about it and then we had to do the whole fun, let's interpret people's body language and cadence and smile when someone says something because wood kind of made an off the cuff comment that he was wood seemed like he, he knew and he yeah, said he didn't know until and, just then and he laughed and so yeah right you got right. the typical I, reaction of people who took it a hundred percent earnestly and were well, like I mean, oh, I what's wrong with i this? read it and i can't <laughs> I, I can't i can't lie like i took it earnestly because then i saw like 45 minutes later he tweeted lol and like when <laughs> yeah. you put all those pieces together he's clearly fucking with everybody and i just i kind of low-key appreciate that like that's funny like it's annoying because i it, <laughs> ma- it makes me look like an ass but like like good content yeah, the uh, the reaction to the LOL tweet, I was like, man, it's preseason, and like I'm already wanting to log off forever. Well, we, have, we haven't like, even played a preseason game. We have yet. we have real like sports fan, like 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 uh, you know, KP really fucked with us. I'm sorry, yeah. like like it just like years of his nonsense makes me overread into anything, and so it's just really easy. But it, it I will say, it's just like. I think like the casual sort of easygoing nature of what this media day was like, it gives me a real nice, like, I feel like I'm sort of at peace with, with where the Mavs are heading into the season. Like they've identified their own problems. Like, you know, there there's, we're going to figure out this stuff with, with wood and McGee sooner rather than later, because it's just going to matter on the court. 
you know, they can promise McGee everything under the sun, but his contract is guaranteed. He's getting paid money. And if the Mavericks need him to come off the bench instead of Wood, or if they need to start them both together, then that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I understand why some fans are like upset that Wood isn't starting. And I get it. You know, he was, he's the shiny new toy and you want to see them play as much as possible. I, I, you know, I just, you know, Jason Terry didn't even start half of his games. I know that seems stupid to invoke like a, one of the greatest. No, one day ever, he'll but, have his jersey retired. Yeah, I know. And, you know, comparing him to Christian Wood, who might no, not no, it's be fine. on the team. But, you know, like he could still play 30 minutes. He could still close games. And at that point, it's like, you know, does it really, does it really matter? And, and honestly, like on the court, it doesn't matter. Like they'll be, they'll be fine being able to manage you know, that path and making sure McGee plays his 10 to 15 minutes and, and making sure, you know, Wood is on the floor when he needs to be, uh, if he performs up to their expectations. And also, you know, Jason Kidd is a defensive first coach with how he kind of runs things. And I'm not, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he was like, you know, he's got to prove himself. If he wants to play the five and start, he has to be a good defender and, you know, like it or not, his Wood is not a good defender right now, as of right now that we know of. You know, his pass is not a good in- Somebody you know, this athletic, good. though. Somebody yeah, that athletic, out. He, he has the tools. It's right, a, exactly. To me, it's more give a shit. Right. So, you know, he could earn it. Like, man, who knows? The lineup The lineup to start last season and the lineup to finish the season uh, last season, I mean, it was crazy. So, uh, you know, it's going to change. And Wood's going to start. You know, McGee could get hurt. You know, things are going to happen. It's a long, it's a long regular season. So to me, it's just, we got to pick your battles, pace yourself. It'll be fine. The only thing that I like legitimately want to like pay attention to with it is just how they manage the relationship, which is why, you know, his shenanigans, you know, talking about, you know, this is the first time I'm hearing it. And, you know, the LOL tweet, that's the only time where you're like, okay, you know, are we off to a good start here? Cause he did. And like, you know, this isn't me just speculating. I think he did say during his media day time to, to Callie Kaplan or to the reporters that like, yeah, his, the, the, you know, being able to start, you know, that is going to you know, play into his contract negotiations when he's a free agent this summer. Yeah. Like why would, of course it would. So like, that's something they gotta, they gotta manage. Like, you know, you know, I don't think his, you know, if he gets grumpy about not starting, you know, by January or February, if he's not starting by then, like, I really don't think, his attitude is going to have a tangible effect on like the on-court product, but they do need to make sure that they're managing him in terms of like, if he has a great season, they're going to want him back. And so I think that's maybe the balancing game that they need to do is just making sure that they have a good relationship with him so that if he does have a great season and he blows up uh, in Dallas on this roster playing next to Luca and, and under coach kid, uh, they need to make sure that they're in a prime position to retain him. Cause you know, there'll be nothing worse than like him actually blowing up, having a great season and then capitalizing on that to get a big deal to start for another team. Uh, and the Mavericks kind of left holding the bag. Now that's a long ways away. That's, you know, we're 12 months, you know, away from that scenario, but like, that's the only thing I'm thinking about. Uh, otherwise, like I think the on-court stuff's going to be fine. Well, and you know, it's interesting because that re- that leads directly into an element of something that you and I talked about. Jason Kidd said this, and I don't know when Jason Kidd said this. I wish, <laughs> I wish Dwayne Price, who who shared this tweet yesterday, uh, shared this quote from Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd on losing Jalen Brunson to the New York Knicks via free agency. Quote, we wish him luck in New York, but we can't replace him. 
we're going to have to do it by committee because he brought so much to the table, not just on the court, but off the court. So first, how that obviously relates to what we were just talking about with Wood in the sense of when you say something like that out loud, there's a little bit of an acknowledgement of the fact that the Mavericks made a mistake uh, with, with Brunson. Like, there's just not a question about it. They had the chance to lock him up. They chose not to for the course of flexibility. And instead of, of gaining flexibility, they actually lost a player and gained nothing in return. So, you know, bottom line, this is, this is Nico's uh, first big mistake is, is not being able to retain Jalen Brunson because they could have got him at like three for 55. That's what Brunson is saying. I don't know if I believe that, but that is what it is. But what kids having to say here is just an acknowledgement of the fact that an area that the Mavericks were really successful last year, ball handlers, they're, they're going to have to figure it out. And I just, I just appreciate the level of non bullshittery that we get from, from kid on this, as opposed to, to sort of the things we've gotten in the past from Donnie and Mark and, you know, Carlisle to a lesser extent where it's like, oh, well, it's, it's no big deal that this giant mistake happened. Like, I, <laughs> you know, like I have a six-year-old little boy. Nothing makes me matter right now during this parental stage when I'm trying to get him to understand what consequences are. He doesn't really get it. Like little boys don't deal with like impulse control until they're like seven, eight years old, which is just driving me crazy. But it's like you walk through the same thing over and over. And at some point it's spelling out, okay, this, like the thing I did here led to this outcome here. And so my kid just sort of facing it head on, I feel better that the team actually acknowledges that this is a change. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be for the worse, though it's going to be more difficult. It just means they're going to have to figure out something new. And and for the negative me that I always am, there's just something about that that really put me in a better headspace as we head into to the meat of preseason. What did you think? Yeah, um, I appreciated that. It really did. I mean, and that felt like the first acknowledgement that we're, that losing Brunson is going to make things diff- more difficult for the 2022 2023 Dallas Mavericks. So, uh, and that's true. Like, you know, even if you have belief in, in Spencer Dinwiddie, and I think he could probably have a pretty good season, like, uh, they're just, they're down a guy and they didn't replace him. Um, it was fun to see, I think it was Kid who said that, uh, to try to fill those gaps, the players that he named two players that they're going to try to lean on to, you know, step up and fill some of the gaps there. One of them made was, one that we assumed Frank Nilakina, um, you know, believe, you know, backup point, you know, backup Rob backup point guard that they've been trying to develop. And then the other name, which is going to make you, I think either very happy or very mad. I can't, I can't figure out which one uh, is Josh, he name drop Josh green as someone that can maybe oh. with those ball, the ball handler. Love, love, this. love that you brought this up because yeah. on the one hand, my immediate inclination is to make jokes because the internet is fun and it's about having a good time. It's not arguing. But I have actually forcefully argued rather frequently here that they need to give Josh Green a chance to do something that he's good at. And I just don't think standing in the corner shooting these granny shots that I see on the internet is his forte. Let him get weird with the ball. I don't care if he turns it over. The Mavericks, like, play fast. Do something. The Mavericks have some interesting athletes and can do something. Josh Green is big and has he has vision i don't always agree with some of the choices that he makes but i'll tell you <laughs> i'll tell you the defense sure as shit doesn't see them coming so like i don't hate this frank nilakina different different ball different thing frank's had 
six years to play point guard and has not shown that he's good at it. I don't, that's, that's a questionable decision-making here, but you have said, been arguing in our Slack to a degree that you don't think it matters. Could you sort of expound on that? Wait, don't think what matters. Do you, you sort of think that like, okay, the 10 minutes a game where they need to buy some time that you're kind of like, as long as it's not a catastrophic loss, What's what's the harm, right? Am I or am I misstating? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think it's because I'm assuming now if the Mavericks don't do this, then it is going to be a bigger problem. But I'm assuming one of Luca and Dinwiddie or Dinwiddie is going to be on the floor for like 90% of the game. Like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I have to imagine that. Like, I think sometimes you look at like starting lineup and you see Dinwiddie and Luca in the starting lineup and you immediately think, oh my god, they don't have a backup point guard. I think the backup point guard is Dinwiddie in a way. Like he's yep. going to, like, I assume that when Luca goes out, he'll stay on or vice versa. Like, you know, maybe Dinwiddie goes out first and Luca stays on. Uh, but I think that's going to be the rotation is like the first, uh, you know, the first time they, they make subs, it's going to probably be to get one of Luca or Dinwiddie out, keep the other one on the floor and let the other one kind of run a bench lineup with, you know, THJ and Christian Wood uh, and Maxi. So Part of me is like, why are we freaking out so much about like Frank Nilakina maybe playing like maybe five more minutes a game mm-hmm. if that, you know, mm-hmm. the, those, it's not going to add up. Now in the playoffs, you know, when every minute counts, yeah, you're going to feel that. But in, over the course of an 82 game season, I think they're going to be able to paper over some of those issues. Now, of course, the problem is, is Luca has pretty consistent about missing what, about 10 somewhere between five to 10 games a season now for the last three years. And Dinwiddie is still someone who is now two years removed from an ACL tear that they're probably still going to be cautious. You know, they're still going to manage that a little bit. Now, when one of those guys isn't playing, that's when you're really, you know, that's the cause for concern. But if the team is healthy, uh, otherwise I think they're going to be able to get, get by uh, with what they have in the regular season. at least. I guess that's what I mean by being okay. So, here, here's the thing. So, actually, in year three, Luca played 66 of 72 games because that was a COVID-shortened season. Mm-hmm. I, I think what the Mavericks are are sort of having to bet on is that they're going to get a 70-plus game season out of Luca. That has to be in the mix here. So, if Luca's missing five to ten games as opposed to 16 to 20, um, you know, basically more than uh, close to a quarter of the season, frankly – then then all bets are kind of off and things might get a little funky. But if they're hoping that, you know, just because he's a bit of a tank, then they can get away with this. And I, I see the argument. I don't necessarily like it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, you know, what I like is not, you know, I'm not a GM. So I can, I can at least see the path here because, you know, one of the things we've talked about repeatedly, and we'll talk about this again as the regular season moves forward, if the, Ma- like, the Mavericks win totals and where they place in the West and Luka Doncic's MVP campaign are, are stricken together. If, if the Mavericks win like 52 games and are like fourth in the West, then Luka is going to be a clear MVP candidate because that means he's going to have played most of the games. I mean, one of the more crazy stats about if you go look at this sort of thing, and I'm, I'm getting the numbers wrong, but the Mavericks win well more than the majority of the games that Luka Doncic plays full stop. It's just it we in four years we have some of these instances, COVID, injury, whatever, 
you know, where he ran out of gas or he, you know, had a bad ankle sprain for a period of, you know, like weeks. And, yeah. and so those things just sort of catch up with you. So I like the optimist in me this early in the season, before I see them play a lick of basketball, I I'm, I'm willing to buy, I'm willing to buy this argument and the bet that the Mavericks are taking. Yeah. And of course, I don't think it's, you know, by saying, you know, they can, they think that they can get by. I don't, you know, I know you can say what Mark Cuban's going to say about them being able to replace Brunson, but I mean, I still think they would, they would rather have Brunson on this route. Like, you know, I don't sure. think that they're happy that Brunson's not here. Like, I don't think this is their, this is their ideal path. They're just kind of making do with the best of a, of a bad situation that they kind of duck themselves into. So I wouldn't say that, you know, I bet you they still want to add another, another ball handler, another guard. I'm sure that they would love to have like an all-star on the, another all-star on the perimeter. And we've talked, I feel like every podcast we've done in the off season has been, they're just biding their time until they can well, shoot past Kristaps trade. Luca went on television and basically said, we don't need a third guy or a second guy. <laughs> Let's just go win with these people we have. And, you know, I, I sort of appreciate that level of, of fight from, from Luca. So oh, I don't yeah, know for sure. It's it's the point in the preseason where I'm feeling bullish. Nothing silly's happened, and frankly, there's been enough weird stuff from other teams. Like if you follow <laughs> yeah. media, if you followed media day today, like Kyrie Irving was like, "I didn't," you know. And this is not, man. This is more. Kyrie basically showed his ass in that he's like, "I'm willing to give up a hundred million dollars not to get a vaccine," which I'm just like, "Okay." Not sure what you're trying to say there, friend. What you what he ended up doing was telling the whole NBA that he's not worth the trouble uh, when he did that. Like, that's not a statement on vaccines. That's a statement on, like, work reliability. Then Kevin Durant got really funky. Like, he's yelling at media people online today. Uh, the the Phoenix Suns, I think we might want to stick a fork in that team. Which oh, leads, man. It's, yeah, it's gonna, bad vibes. Woo, good gravy. Talk about <laughs> bad vibes. Then there's like the Boston Celtics where the players are like, I, I, I cannot, the stink on the Celtics is, is, is a rot yeah. that everyone is trying to cover up. Like their coach is accused is, is like basically getting suspended for things that are, we've yet to learn the full story. And the players were talking about it. Like something happened to him. Yeah, like he was the victim of something. Like, what are we doing here, <laughs> friendos? Like, and granted, this is not the kind of, you know, we we at Mavs fans have experienced, like, the uncomfortable nature of dealing with a front yes. office and a back office that has nasty things happen. And, you know, we all wish that stuff couldn't and wouldn't happen because, you know, nobody deserves to go through any sort of awful work situation like that, particularly lower level employees. But I'm saying all this to say that, like, I would much rather have this really boring media day where we're sort of talking about pure basketball, even if it's then like the, the chicanery that's going around in some of these teams. Like we've had to do it before. And it's just nice to, to only be talking about basketball. Yeah, like I like the funny, goofy training camp stories that are like what's going on with Jimmy Butler's hair instead mm -hmm. of like what's going on like uh, with these, you know, these issues. And you didn't even mention um, uh, in, in your rundown of like weird, bad media day vibes, you didn't even mention uh, the Hornets and LaMelo Ball oh my God. reaching out to currently arrested <laughs> for domestic violence, uh, Miles Bridges hoping that he could rejoin the team in the like future. Maybe going to jail, Miles yeah. Bridges. These are not yeah. moral statements. These are like factual things on the ground. He, he might be in prison in like three months, and he's saying, oh, well, I contacted him, and I'm hopeful he could rejoin the team. I'm like, 
what are you what are you saying how do you i don't even know like it's just ooh, ooh. it's remarkable it's Glad remarkable. we don't cover the hornets thank goodness right <laughs> yeah Whew. well okay so then that leads like there's plenty of other media day stuff we're gonna have some yeah. posts up tomorrow you know we have a couple of things up right now exactly you know my you know um Jason Kidd kind of started started things, and he mentioned that Luca's workload will be light to start the season. I don't believe that at all, but I I think that's the thing he's got to say. Um, then there's the wood, you know. There's some other sort of fun stuff, but nothing particularly interesting. Then like a a thing happened mid afternoon, and if you're online, which I hope you're not, because being online is is a bit uh, insanity inducing. Um, Sham Sharania of the Athletic went on some show. What is it here? I wrote about it. I should know this. Uh, he went on the rally, um, which I don't know what Sounds that like is. Sounds like a made up show. For it's something. Bucks. No, it's 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 on Valley Sports. So it's, oh, it's like okay, a real okay. show here on 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 Valley Sports. I'm clicking on it right now. Um, yeah, and and mentioned the Mavericks among four teams that you know. Phoenix is looking to trade Crowder out of. Crowder's been throwing a extended fit. <laughs> I have no yes, other yes. way to say it. Like his aunt, like he he somehow out leveraged Kevin Durant. I know that's because he's a, he's an expiring contract, but that doesn't make it any less weird. Um, and is essentially placed himself on the trade block. You you sort of have some insight as to why. Can can you walk walk us through it? Yeah, well, he's an, he's on an expiring contract, and if you think about the current Phoenix Suns cap sheet, I mean, they just signed DeAndre Ayton. They matched his that uh, offer sheet. Booker's on a huge deal. Paul's on a huge deal. You know, they got Mikael Bridges uh, extension. They got Cam Johnson extension coming up. I mean, they've they've got their money uh, tied up in a lot of places, and so it makes sense that with Crowder expiring and, you know, they've got Cam Johnson, they've got Mikhail Bridges. So they've got some wings already that are young, but they want to keep around on the team for a while. You know, it makes sense that the veteran is going to find himself squeezed out. So it's a combination of, you know, him wanting to be in a situation where he can meaningfully impact his next contract. And he doesn't want to, because it seems like the Suns aren't necessarily going to be, uh, itching to get him playing time when they know that he's not going to be on the team with their long-term plans. So it's it seems like it's about him trying to find a role where he can contribute, play big minutes, uh, so that he can secure uh, another contract. Because you know you, the last thing you want as an NBA player going into a contract years, you know, kind of being phased out of a rotation. So um, they're going to try. You know, it sounds like that's kind of the deal. Um, interestingly enough, Dallas being on the list. I don't know how much bigger his role like i think he would obviously uh, be a useful piece here because we do not want dorian finney smith and reggie bullock to play 50 minutes a night like they were in the playoffs it felt like so he would definitely be a useful piece here um but i don't know if he's looking for a bigger starter level role i don't know if that's gonna be in dallas so i don't know how, if, how do you think how old do you think he is well, he was drafted. He was. A, sorry, I mean, I'm not. Don't, look, don't it up. look at this. I'm Just not looking it up, but I'm. I'm going to talk you through my process. Okay, so he was a four-year player, I think, in Marquette. Drafted in 2012. So is he 34? 32. Or 33. Oh, 32. 34, so he is at. He is an interesting spot to where he kind of knows. 
They, yeah. Given the market for wings, even because he's not a great shooter, he's a streaky shooter. Very streaky. He's at this place, and and it's an interesting leverage point for him, where he could probably sign one more deal, one more deal that's like a multi-year right. one. And this will be his last like legitimate deal before he starts doing the going to good teams on one year, like the PJ Tucker thing. Uh huh. Uh huh. But yeah, oh, but like he wouldn't play that. Like you know, like he would he would be a backup here. Like he wouldn't yeah. be a starter. So I don't know if if Dallas is a legitimate spot or if that's just like a leverage play uh, for his agent. We'll see what happens there. And I love it. Ooh, receiving <laughs> touchdown by CD lamb. Look at that. I have updates. Sorry. I'm, um, I, 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 I bought into the cowboy Schleck for fantasy football. Uh, and it, you know, it, it, it's given Ooh, me good. some hope here. Um, anyways. So I, I don't know. It's like for comedy's sake, everyone should wish this. Everyone should want Jay Crowder on the Mavericks because I hate Jay Crowder. He is like my first Twitter, like, like basketball writing, like player enemy. Like I don't hate him as a person. His game was the, like the Genesis of me losing my mind early in my Mavs Moneyball career. (laughs) You and our friend Andy. He's such a streaky shooter. Like it cannot be properly stated how crazy, um, how crazy he is in, in, in terms of this, this sort of thing. Um, so it's, it's really, it's just, it's fascinating to me. Uh, I would be for it because it seems like the Mavericks would have to move on from Powell. If they did it, like that would just be kind of a one for one straight up deal. I'm, I doubt he becomes a Maverick. Let's just be clear yeah. here. There's, there's teams that have other things they can offer to sweeten the deal, whatever, but it just, it would, it would be something that I would kind of like, cause in a game of wings, like if you could get him, if you could get him playing 25 minutes a night instead of Josh Green, like I would feel better about that. I just would at this point. But, you know, maybe the Mavericks need Josh Green. Who knows? Yeah, I think if they did end up pulling off this trade, I think that would be an indictment on the Mavericks organization's confidence level and Josh Green's ability to be a rotation guy in year three, right? If they made this yeah. trade. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, so what should be particularly funny, and here's why, because the Mavericks in Jay Crowder's third year, just when he was starting to show something with Dallas, he got buried behind Richard Jefferson, played very few minutes, and then ended up in a trade to the Boston Celtics for Rajon Rondo and Dwight Powell. So <laughs> there's just a oh, lot of hilarious, so hilarious synergy so and all this sort of thing. But, you know, that's that's kind of all we got right now. Um right now you know they start training camp tomorrow we have um and josh will contribute to this at some point just because uh i'm I'm gonna he's gonna turn on his basketball brain again we have a ton of stuff in the hopper um because our our the way this works with sb nation we don't we're not really on the hook until october 1st just to let you guys behind the curtain but we're going to be releasing kind of inching out at least two posts a day starting tomorrow. And we're going to be ratcheting up to three to four to five posts a day through the preseason. Mavs Moneyball is going to be a place you want to visit early and often. We're going to be trying to expand our coverage to do some stuff we've not done traditionally. But frankly, we've just grown our staff. We have 25 people (laughs) writing for us. Um, And it's not, you know, I'm going to try to have some of them on the show here. It's not, you know, we, we're basically a collective of like-minded fans that want to talk about basketball and turn that stuff into something other than rage on the computer. Uh, so I'm really, I've really liked what our, what our team has turned in so far. We've got just some great pieces from new voices. Um, that's one thing we really try to do is I really look for people that think I'm an idiot 
because that makes mm-hmm. our writing it makes our writing better because it's like i would rather have disagreement you know like about the team we covered than like one unified voice it's just boring basketball is too fun there's too many different ways to look at it so so i'm really looking forward to seeing what the team does uh you and i will be back for you know probably preseason games as embarrassing as that is mm-hmm. and and you know then we'll start kind of our regular season you know try you know trudge on and as much fun as we had basically, you know, mid January on last year, I'm really hopeful for a more stable season. <laughs> Is that crazy? No, no, that's I, I would appreciate it. All right, guys. So come to Mavs Moneyball early and often. Tell your friends about this podcast. Um, like and subscribe, do all that wonderful stuff, and we will uh you know be back when we can. Also be willing, if you're willing to join our Spotify lives, I really have fun with these. I love the community we're formed. Uh, it's where I found, you know, a lot of people that really from all over the world that just want to talk basketball. And if you're one of these people, I don't know if I join, I would never call into a radio station. I never thought I'd be doing this either. It's not like we're making like dollars for this, but I'd rather talk about it with somebody than a talk to my wife who would tell me to go to hell or B like get in Twitter arguments or Slack board, like, like message board arguments. It's just, it's different when you're talking to another human being, it feels a lot better. So thanks for listening. And we will be back. I don't know, sometime soon. Everybody have a great week.